Peace and blessings. The Black Coffee Podcast. The Black Coffee Podcast. The Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah. The Black Coffee Podcast. Ah. Ooh, ooh, that's so cool. Ooh, ooh, that's so cool. So cool, you did this one, man. Yeah. Black coffee. Black coffee. Huh. Sex. Power to the people. The people. Here we beat my fist. Twice the ball of what they call him. James Allen, Mr. No Assist. Elevate the masses. Step in my objective. No, no quit. Through the pot, let's take a sip. They taking shots, we taking trips. Pilot vision, you and I ain't mission just to be specific. Got enough soul to not fly spirit. Got enough soul to keep y'all lifted. Follow my role and keep it spiritual. This be the ritual. Black my coffee, hold the cream. I check one, two, eight. Here we go. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee. Yeah. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee. Uh. This be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the cream. This be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the cream. Yeah. You and I world. Welcome to the Black Coffee Podcast. I am your host, James Allen. James Allen. The Black Coffee Podcast. Your safe haven for education and spiritual liberation. Hashtag powers to the people. And long, and long live the ancestors. Hey, hold the cream. You and I, world, welcome to the Black Coffee Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, James, James Allen. Allen. All right, today's Allen. episode is brought to you by Swagology Clothing. The Swagology brand is designed to inspire you to connect with your true self and inspire others to take care of their own mental health. So be your true self and swag out with us at Swagology Clothing. I would like to announce to the fans, I would like to thank everyone for episode 20 reaching the top 25 percentile in all the podcasts in the United States of America. Episode 20, Black Blood. So cool, man. It went crazy. Downloads went crazy. Um, Really, really excited about that. I want to thank everyone. Thank all the countries for listening. Uh, The United Kingdom still comes in second with Canada coming in third. And I think we just added, somebody was down in Jamaica. Listen to the Black Coffee Podcast. So, yeah, yeah, right, that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, as you can hear, you and I were, it's some other people in the studio with me. We're going to get to that pretty soon. With that being said, so cool. So cool. Good day, sir. Let's work. Let's work. Episode 22, Melanin. And today we have with us our special guest, our all-in-our house own creative director, Marie Antoinette. Let's give a little something for Marie Antoinette. That's so cool. All right. So, Marie Antoinette. Yes. We are here to discuss your melanin project. First, let's talk about how did you come across this and tell tell uh, the Black Coffee Podcast a little bit about yourself if they did not listen to the episode when that you was actually on. Okay. So I'm Marie Antoinette. I am a creative director and fashion stylist here in Atlanta. And um, so I'm more known for the fashion shows and styling people, right? Uh, while I was planning my last fashion show, I actually heard for the umpteenth time that I was pretty for a dark-skinned girl. So I was a little annoyed, so I jotted that down, and I decided I'm going to do something, a a project on that. So that's how I came up with this Melanin Project, and I wanted to give different women the opportunity to share their stories on 
colorism, no matter what their shade was and what side of the line they were on colorism. So I wanted to create a coffee table book and share our stories and add art and beauty and all of that type of stuff to it. All right. So uh, tell me this, Marie. How did you go about the process of 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 doing a coffee book instead of a fashion show? Real quick before we introduce the models. Like, okay. what was the process of, you know, I'm going to do something different. What made you want to do something different? Because, uh, because I do fashion. So, you know, a lot of fashion houses, Tom Ford, a lot of different fashion houses like that, they do coffee table books, right? And, the, and they talk about their different fashions, how it was started. They tell history about certain pieces and fabrics. So, because I'm into fashion, that was in the back of my mind, but I wanted to add some substance to my coffee table book. And that's, that's what makes it not to say that. Let me take that back. <laughs> Cause it's not that they don't have substance. I just wanted to talk, talk about something that was, that just intrigued people a little bit more. People may have had experiences with. So oh, I, I got a whole bunch of experiences that I'm going to talk about today. Absolutely. So that's, that's how I combine those two, like creating a coffee table book and then talk about something that I've experienced. Okay, well, I want to thank you for bringing these lovely young ladies to the Black Coffee Podcast. You have really blessed the studio today. So if you will, just kind of um, introduce the models that you have for the project to us and we can get to know them a little bit better. Okay, awesome. So here on the corner, we have Mariah. She is a model. Right here, we have Miss Londa. We have Shanice here. I've actually worked with her a couple times on a different project. Shanice. And then we have Alexis. I've also worked with her before. Mm -hmm. Taylor and Shawnee over there on the camera. Okay, so the ones you said a couple that you have already worked with them before. So the ones who have not worked with you before, I think you one of them. So how did you get into the industry of even helping her? I don't know if you're a model or not. Are you a model? Yes, yes I'm a model. Okay, well, creative. Um, well, first and foremost, I was just online looking for different like casting calls and stuff. And I came across Marie's casting call on Eventbrite. And I was like, oh, I think this is something that I'll be interested in. Um, and um, I just, I really wanted to go. So uh, I live in Lithia Springs. So it was quite a drive. And I work in Sandy Springs. Um, so I drove all the way down there. Uh, I went in there, I auditioned and she added me to the group chat and was like, congratulations. So I was super excited, uh, for the project. Um, yeah. And I had a really, a really good time and I look forward to working with her in the future. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's beautiful. So tell us your name and tell us, uh, how did you, well, you worked with her before. I've seen no. you. You've never no. worked with her? No, I haven't. I've seen you in the book then. <laughs> Yeah, she wanted one of she wanted fashion shows. Show, show. No, I, 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 yeah, 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 excuse me. I don't cover every last one of her fashion shows. But I'm going to put that disclaimer out so the miles kind of get mixed in. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Leah. Um, my name is Taylor. Okay. Um, and um, I saw the project on right, and I was like melanin, melanin. And I was like, you don't you don't really see a lot of promoting a lot of just around black women. A lot of projects just around black women, and then black women's beauty at that. And then I saw that and I was like, yeah, I've been I've been looking for something like that because I get it a lot, mainly depending on from the hair, the tone, the color of the skin. If you have mainly if I, I have a sister who is lighter, mm -hmm. so I go through a lot of that. But I just saw something that was speaking truth and I wanted to be a part of that. I knew it would be a movement. It felt something and I knew I wanted to be a part definitely of it. Definitely a so. movement. Definitely a movement. And you, young lady. Yes. My name is Alexis. Hey, um, Alexis. Welcome to the Black Coffee Podcast. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, anything black and melanin, oh, I just love. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but I have a. I was actually a part of Miss Marie's fashion show, for the Sapphire Diamonds. Um, I was actually very um, enthusiastic about it, and I was probably a little pushy, a little pushy <laughs> to make sure I was part okay, of it. okay, 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 <laughs> just a little consistency, bit. Like uh, consistency works, you know, mm-hmm. never fails. So when I saw, of course, we all keep track of anything she does because that show ended up being a huge standing point for maybe some for myself I can speak it was beautiful for me uh, I saw her post about something about melanin and of course me and probably a couple other people I thought it was a fashion show at first so I was like oh let I me get my runway walk on I, I did too <laughs> yeah get me model on and we get there and she told us it was a project and I was at awe because I have so many stories to tell and like she said you get annoyed hearing oh you're pretty for a dark skinned girl all the time and being able to be in a different aspect. So I was just appreciative. I got to move on. I got to get to the other one. But you're not dark skinned, but we're going to come back to that. No. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I am Shanice Dion, and I first met Marie through my stylist who brought me to one of her fashion shows, Driving Me Wild. And I was captivated by just her vision, her artistic stake on things, and just how her mind works and she portrays all of her work. So when I heard about Sapphire Diamonds, I was gung-ho. I was like, yes, I'm mm-hmm. going to this casting. And it was a beautiful show. If you didn't beautiful. see it, I mean, you missed out on it. And when she posted about Melanin, I was like, well, I think I might be, in- I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. It's going to be phenomenal. And I wanted to be a part of that because she empowers every woman that she works with to put their best foot forward. So when she told us a little bit more about the project, I was like, yes, like colorism does exist. And for women, I think we experience that a lot more than we're willing to admit. So I was so excited to be a part of this project and to see everything play out. Hello, I am Londa Chanel. I actually ran across this project from a group that I started, where it was a group chat from a previous fashion show that I became a part of. So normally we drop different opportunities in that particular group and someone dropped it. So first, when I saw Melanin, I was like, okay, this is for the sisters. Then I also saw Marie's picture on that post and I was like, She always gonna have a picture up there. That's just gonna happen. I saw the hair and I saw the body piece and, you know, instantly I checked the address. I was like, okay, this is like 45 minutes away from me, but I'm going. Mm -hmm. Being fairly new here, just trying to explore and you know, just become a part of opportunity. And this is, this has been one of the greatest projects, no library, thus far since I've moved back here um, since August. So I really appreciate it. So very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mariah. Who's speaking to the mic so cool gonna get you? Look it up. Yeah, you go. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, my name is Mariah, mm-hmm. and I also met Marie when I was doing a casting call. I um, saw the same flyer online, and um, it did. The name Melatin did strike me too, and I read it. And she was saying she's looking for all skin colors. And I was like, oh, this is perfect because I'd love to, you know, be a part of it because I am um, one of those people. I like the whole black empowerment and being able to like um, see, you know, women of different color with all shades, mm-hmm. not just like. Um, Black as me. You know, yeah, yeah, not just dark skin yeah. or, you know, medium brown songs because I feel like sometimes with projects, um, you know, when we think melatonin, I'm very light for mm-hmm. my skin color. So sometimes Still that doesn't always represent me because I'm always on the outside. But when she picked me, I was like, oh, thank God. You know, and, I, and thank you for allowing me to be part of the project and to represent the lighter aspect of black women, you know, going into like the darker um, color hue as well. So I was very happy to be a part of the project. All right, all right, all right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, 
we're going to dive into the project Melanin and the beautiful women behind the project. That and more coming up on the Black Coffee Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, James Allen. James Allen. James Allen. Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, James Allen. James now, Allen, James we Allen. had another model to come in. You know, that Atlanta traffic is something else. <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, y'all? I'm Camille Paul, also known as Millie Rock on any block. What's up? Millie Rock on a block. All right. That's now, right. this is going to be my favorite segment of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to get into the meaning of melanin. Not just the coffee book, but the meaning of Melanie, period. Now, I'm going to start this off real quick, and then I'm going to give it to Marie, and we're going to also let the models talk. For myself, I didn't realize that I was a king, a good-looking dark king, till I went to college. I was picked on, and I'm a, I don't mean I look it, but I'm 40 years old, so I'm an 80s baby. Yeah, I'm 40 years old. So I'm, a, so I'm an 80s baby, and during that time period, you was called... Darky, you was called black chocolate bar. Um, I remember one in the this one, uh, I was really broken down. We was on a field trip. I grew up in New Jersey. We was on a field trip to New York, and an African was there, and we was all on the bus. And of course, he was really dark, wearing different clothes. And everybody, he was like, "Look, Dego James," and everybody started bawling out, laughing at me. And I and and I was mad at myself. I used to ask my mother, "Why am I dark?" Like, why I got to be so black? Long story short, when I got to college, women wanted to date. No, I wanted to date you because you're a dark skin. What? You, are you serious? Me? Yeah, you. I only want you. And it, it, and at that point is when I started to accept my complexion and really understand that I, I was really beautiful. Well, I don't want to call myself beautiful. That's for ladies. I was <laughs> handsome. But anyway. Beautiful black man. Well, yeah, well, y'all say it. I can't say it. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to throw this question out. Have any one of y'all ever thought that you had to date according to your complexion? Because for me, I thought that I had to date a light-skinned woman because I was dark-skinned. I was only attracted to lighter women. And it was because, I, I know this is crazy, but this is a Black Coffee podcast. I was like, okay, we're going to make great babies. I'm dark, she's light. But, you know, that's, that's not... That's not, the brainwashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, I used to hear that. I used to hear that. Even sometimes people in my family, they both dark-skinned. Or two dark-skinned people don't look good together. Or they both light-skinned. Or two light-skinned people don't look good together. And it's just, if you grow up hearing that enough, then you think that's what's correct. I think for me... Um, Growing up, I didn't want my future children to go through what I went through mm. as a child. So, um, you know, back then my mindset was date somebody that's lighter than me. So when I do have kids, they won't have to go through what I did. Um, that's no longer my mindset now because, of course, I love my skin color. But, um, yeah, it was When it you was say difficult. go through what you went through, what do you mean really quick? Man, like when you were a, a child, like in elementary, middle school, you go through it, especially if you're as dark as I was and darker. Mm -hmm. Like, so 
you I grew up hearing you an African booty scratcher. <laughs> yes. I forgot that one. African booty scratcher. Yes. It was a situation yes. where um, I was in class and we were playing this game where you had to, it were people, it was people standing in front of the board and we were playing this game where you had to guess the word behind us. Well, we had to guess the word that was behind us and the word was midnight. And one of the people that were like one of my classmates said, oh, you just got to look at Chantel. And, and that's what the word is. So I was so embarrassed. I just ran out the classroom. So, so, so you don't feel like you have to date someone light skin so they won't go through what you went through. Oh, absolutely, no longer. Um, honestly, um, whatever color my child decides mm-hmm. to, you know, make itself or whatever happens in the womb is what happens, and I'm still gonna love my I, child. And the then, same. ironically, all of my sons are are lighter. I want them to be dark, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and they're lighter. So, but anyways, but anybody else? Yeah, I'm actually the opposite. Okay. Um, because I'm a fair-skinned woman, I growing up, I didn't see nobody else really my skin color. Like, I can probably count how many women or, you know, children growing up that I've seen. So 90% of the time, if not 99%, everyone is darker than me. And so I was the one who didn't fit in because of how light my skin was. And so I did get teased about being light-skinned. They called me names. Like, I've been called, like, albino and white girl and all kinds of, like, you know, just cruel things. And then I also have, like, green eyes and... You know, they say my my hair is sandy blonde and stuff. So I definitely got the opposite end of that. And so I was like, well, I don't want to date a man that looks like me. Mm. Because if we have kids, I don't want my kids to look white. Or I don't want my kids to look, I used to say like see-through, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want my kids to look like a ghost because like mm-hmm. I'm already like, and then getting with like a white man or getting with a man that's um, fair-skinned as well. I'm like, yeah, my kids are going to be, even lighter than me. And so I was like, no, nah, I don't want that. Um, and so eventually, I guess, as I grew older, because my mom didn't really like, I couldn't really tell her about people like making fun of my skin color because she didn't really care. You know, she's like, whatever, they're kids, you know, and she's darker than me. So it's just like no big deal to her. Mm-hmm. But that hurt me a lot, you know, mm-hmm. going out and like everywhere you go, you're the lightest person mm-hmm. in the room. You know, I'm being questioned about being black or being told that, well, you're not black, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have kids that had to go through that. And now um, as I grew into a woman, I kind of grew into like my skin color and accepting that like I am what I am, you know? And I used to be like, man, I wish I was darker. Like, I wish I didn't look like this. I wish I didn't have, you know, this skin tone because then I wouldn't have to deal with that. Like if I was a darker woman with green eyes, no one would say nothing to me, mm-hmm. you know? Or if I was a darker woman with like brown eyes or whatever, they wouldn't say those things to me. So, um, okay. as I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I grew up, you know, and I got my confidence and now I'm at the point where like, I don't care what color my, my kid is, you know, because I'm going to embrace if I was to have like a kid, my skin color or lighter or a darker stone, uh, a darker tone kid, I'm going to embrace all those colors. Uh, anybody want to jump in there first on a dating, on a dating tip? Because you jumped into something that um, <laughs> I was going to go there. Has anyone of y'all ever dated outside of your race? Just to, just to see. I see you smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever dated outside of the race? Outside, outside. I haven't. I haven't dated outside of my race, but I just, I guess I use, I said white just because like, when during the winter time, sometimes I get lighter than this. So I am sometimes white looking. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like if I was to get with a man close to my skin color, I guess that'd be either white or fair. And so that's why I use that. But I do not. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm the, I just. Not that I won't date a white man, but I have not. 
I like my black man. So yeah, I, did. I like my black man. I feel so. like the reason one of my problems has been is always like being a black woman. We always had a question. Hmm, I wonder, do they like black women? Mm-hmm. I wonder, am I good? You know, because right. that stereotype that come with black women, it's like, huh, do we got to go through? Or do you believe that stereotypical black woman or do you actually see me for who I am? So it's right. like, if you do, then can't even that's that's the that's the battle of being a black woman we have to question see if we have to question them to see if they even see us for who we are past our skin before we can even have a relationship with I was dating this girl one time and she uh she said to me she said uh James I I used to listen to all that black stuff you talked to whatever and this was before we was friends and then she she dated a white man just went out with him whatever and I I wanted that and then she came back and she said I will never because <laughs> it's other it's other things that goes in, in inside of that when you come to family, but that's that's neither here nor there. Marie, me and you talked about this when we was talking about the project about colorism in families. Do you feel that you you get a certain type of treatment because you are darker? Now, for me, all of my family was dark, so I may, maybe I got maybe I got certain treatment because I was a man, but that's a whole another story. Do you feel like? And I've heard this that you know some. Male, female, you know, kids feel like they get treated different because of their complexion. Anybody want to expand on that? Sure. So I'm mixed. I'm half black, half white. So I have okay. a white father and a black mother. And it's like real interesting when you are living in like two different homes, you know, especially because mm. my parents are like divorced. Mm-hmm. So like seeing the difference in sides of like, okay, when I'm with my white family, you know, what does my white family do? Like, how do we normally, you know, speak to each other and everything? So I can't like make the same amount of jokes that I do with my black family that I do with my white family because they just don't get it. And they also, you know, there's things that white people can't talk about as far as the black experience Mm -hmm. that if I do try to talk about Mm -hmm. that, then I'm going to kind of be looked a different type of way. For example, when I was younger, I had mentioned to my aunt that I really was only interested in seeing black men and the age that I was at. And that was just because I felt like I connected with black men more. They, you know, seemed to want me more. Like when I was in school, you know, the white boys just didn't really like see me in that way. Like they didn't really like Did you want them to? You know, I think that everybody wants to be liked. No, 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 by by another race. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. I just thought like I had a crush on this little boy and like, why don't you like me? You know, I put my hand in little braids. Why don't you like me? But as I got older, you know, I realized that maybe it was because of the stereotypes because I would be the only black girl in the class. And, you know, I'm mixed. So I'm not like I'm not saying that I'm not black, but I'm not fully black. So I can't even imagine what that's like being even darker complexion than me and being the only person in the class. But this either here or there. But yes, when I told my aunt that she, I guess, told um my dad and my dad was so upset because he's like, I'm not raising anybody who's prejudiced or anything like that in my family. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like everybody. You can't just like one race or prefer one race. And it was definitely an interesting time because it really made me feel like, okay, like, should I have a preference? Like, or is that wrong to have a preference? So I definitely felt the difference in treatment. Like if I say certain things, like I like black men, they might think that I'm being racist towards white people. Yeah, but you, you're in a very unique situation though very unique when it comes to um you know you having a, a, a white father and a black mother that's that's it's hard it's hard because it, it almost makes me not want to say some of the things that i was going to say because <laughs> i'm just not i'm just not i just i just can't date a white woman i just can't and mm. I, and, and now and i'm glad this is good because is is i'm i'm disrespecting your culture 
if you if you if you look at it like that. But at the same time, I'm so aware of self. Yeah. And I know what that does. And yes, um, really quick, you may love me, but your your family may think different about me. And that comes into play when it comes to kids and everything else. Anybody else want to jump in on it? <laughs> We're talking about families. We're talking about oh. colorism and families. Yeah. I think the first time I was introduced to colorism was in my family. Okay. Um, I'd hear, so my family has, just like this book, we have the lighter family members and the darker ones. And my mother loves to say, you have the prettiest cocoa complexion. And at first I was just like, okay, but I didn't realize it until I went home and I got to see all of my cousins. I'm like right in the middle. Mm. So I'm not too light. I'm not too dark, but I identify as a dark skinned woman. I get flack about it all the time, but I enjoy seeing like just darker skin tones. It's just so rich and beautiful. Um, but I remember my mom saying one time, she was like, I'm going to move to Florida so you can get married to a white man. She was like, you know, kind of saying like, you know, you're not too dark for the white people mm-hmm. not to like you, but you're not too, too light that you forget where you come from. And I was just like, you don't realize that your family kind of introduces you to colorism. And you you get around other people like your friends and it's constantly like, oh, this shade doesn't look good on you. Or your family member will say, because I'm brown and I can change in the summer, you can't go outside top of the morning. You're going to be black. And I'm just like, but I'm already black. But I got older and I was like, okay, well, they don't know anything about sunburn. This is sunburn. But why does it matter that my skin is tanning ugly, according to them? Because it's not a cute brown. It's a you're brown and then your your plants is on fire for too long. Yeah. So that's how it is. So it's kind of like, uh-uh, you need to go outside later when the sun is down. And I never understood it, but it was like, it's passed down from generation mm-hmm. to generation. If you want to be seen as beautiful, you have to be this certain hue. And I got introduced to that from my family members. So I thought that was crazy. And see, that's the thing. See, and what what is... What constitute you being beautiful? Are you because you're on TV? Blacks didn't really start having shows on TV to the seventies. That's when black shows came about. You know, we see a majority of black people on TV. So when you are on TV, of course they do makeup and all other stuff. But now you see them more gearing towards the darker people on on television, even in sports. And like if you were just dark, you just you just wasn't on TV. It just, it just didn't look good. But it's, uh, it actually is uh, it's actually changing now. It's getting a little bit better. I was gonna say ahead, this too. Ahead. When you talk about color, that's um, wearing certain colors. I used to hear that too. Like oh, you better not wear pastels, light pinks, yellows. You too dark for that. Has anybody ever heard that? I just started wearing red. Yeah. Um, maybe about three oh, years ago. I talk about that in a book, actually, about red lip. Now you can't get me out of red lipstick, but I would I never. Oh, no. I would never because it was like you too dark for that. Like you can't, you can't wear that color yeah, until no. someone. I know now for me. Um, I didn't wear yellow. I'm still kind of like wary on wearing like brighter colors. Um, yellow on me is one of my favorite colors, but I don't really wear as many bright colors like that, especially like colored hair. Like anytime I get my hair done or I braid my hair or anything, it's just a natural black or a brown or maybe even I throw a splash of burgundy in there but nothing too major um I'm still coming out of that shell because I heard it so much throughout my life that I'm like dang I don't want to be the butt end of somebody's joke but like you said times are getting better now so um I think that if I were to you know step out of that box then it wouldn't be as scrutinized like 
socially now. So mm-hmm. um, I'm still working on that. I, I, I can't do yellow. I look like a bumblebee. But <laughs> but it took a woman to tell me you look good in this, James. And that's when I started to accept colors on me. Go ahead. No, well, I was going to say two things. One of the things that I love that she that why she was because. When I work with these models sometimes in the past, like I already have this connection with them. So I try not to be biased, like on the next project. It's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to pick her because I worked with her before. So I try to keep things fair, have like a rubric. But what got me with Shanice, she came with a pink wig and she said in her interview, like, what you say? You said something like your daughter, you wanted to like show your daughter, like you can, you can wear stuff like that and you don't have to not wear it because you're too dark for this or that and that. That resonated with me because I remember I would the first time I wore blonde hair was at the Legend Fashion Show. I would not. That was your first time wearing that. I wouldn't. It looked good. I I would never known that. I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't have dared in the past. But yeah, so that reminded me of that, and I forgot my other point. But go ahead. I mean, I'm sorry. See, I didn't want. See, I said that. I said I didn't want you to get lost in the podcast. Remember, I said that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to get lost. Anybody else want to want to touch on that? Go ahead. You ain't said nothing all day, girl. I'm sorry. I just clearly resonate with color, clearly, like... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but I think um, the biggest thing I had was um, not necessarily... I would probably get more compliments, but it was also kind of discriminatory still in a sense. You know, like, white people see us with color hair, being black. They're like, you know, they initially think it's ratchet, it's, it's hood, it's ghetto. But I always somewhat resonated with some white people. They'd be like, oh, that looks so pretty on you. But is it is it a slight? Are you being insulting mm-hmm. in a sense? Are you telling me it looks pretty on me because you know you don't like us in these colors? It always gives you that second thought, that second process in your head. Like, okay, are they appreciating this for real? But at the end of the day, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, I love colors. I've been blonde, pink, orange, red, anything you think of. Shoot, Where like, are you from? I'm from Macon, Georgia. You're from Georgia. I'm from New Jersey. Now, I spent a lot of time in North Carolina. I would say that that's more of a cultural thing. I, I know I'm going dangerous lines here, but I, I see it more in Atlanta is more accepted, the color in the hair and it's more, it's okay. But if you go to Charlotte, they're going to look at you like, you, you you know, a little different. Like, oh my God, she's different because it's, so, you know, I think it's more of a a, a, a regional thing to, is to some degree because I got to be honest, it's the Black Coffee Podcast. Before I came down here, only, only time I've seen girls with hair, they, they were ratchet. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being. I mean, yeah, it, where, where, but, but then when I came down here, you see people. Oh, okay, you're a realtor. You got great hair. Okay, but that's fine. You, you, you still doing your thing. So you know, some of us got real corporate jobs out here. I mean, <laughs> with, 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 with blue hair, and I, and I love it. It looks good on you, blue fire. You know. So, with, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, because we get ready to go to the next segment, we get ready to take a break. But really quick. Has any of y'all ever felt intimidated or like you was the intimidator because of your complexion? Let me um, explain what I mean by that. Because we just talked about the shift, okay, where is light, lighter people now are kind of being picked on. I got a friend who called like waffle, waffle color. Now, 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 now you're acting. You, somebody said to me when I grew my hair, oh boy, you, 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 you acting like you're a waffle color now. Which means a light skinned person. Oh, you getting light. So, so if I love myself, I, I'm I'm lighter now. I, I I got you know. So, so you know. So when I and what I mean by intimidator is because the same way I got picked on, when I was dark. The same way I'm looking at other people get picked on because they're light. And is that fair? So, has you ever felt intimidated or the intimidator 
going into a situation because of your complexion. Now, I got to be honest. I walk around like I am the joke. I do. I do. And 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 it, it a lot of things come into that, the podcast, what I'm doing, my career. I'm a school teacher, everything I do. But when I look in that mirror, like, yo, I'm dark. So now, do I walk in a room and feel like I look better than you? Yeah, I do, but that's not <laughs> but that's not right. But that's not fair. So I so I feel like I'm the intimidator now. So anybody want to expand on that just a little bit? Um, I think for me, I've there's been situations where I was more uncomfortable. Like when I was a kid, um, I had um, my best friend with me and her mom. And so we walked into this soul food restaurant and there was a lot of dark skinned people all over the room. Of course, like I said, I'm always the lightest person in the room. And so I'm just looking around and her mom goes, you feel uncomfortable with being in here? And it's like, I know what she meant, you know? And it was basically a hit towards my skin color. And my whole thing is I come from a dark skinned family. So I am the only person who basically looks like this. So to me, I think it's a little unfair for them to be like, oh, well, you know, when you step into a room full of dark-skinned people, you shouldn't feel comfortable because of how light your skin is. And so um, there's been situations where I have felt uncomfortable growing up because, like I said, if I walk into a room and everyone else is darker than me and I'm, and they're kind of looking like, what are you doing here? You know, are you in the right place? Like, where'd you come from? So I, I do sometimes feel like I am intimidated versus me being the intimidator. But I do sometimes feel like people take me as an intimidator for being my skin complexion in the room versus them understanding that, like, I don't mean any harm mm-hmm. by just being here. I'm just here, you know. I hope intimidate oh. is a word. I think for me, I think you know, for I, me, I will make up a word sometimes. Go ahead. I said, I think for me, it's kind of both. Um, I was speaking on this the other day because I'm a um, I'm an actress as well. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, and we have like a lot of up and coming uh, independent filmmakers there. We do. I cover um, a lot of them. And a lot of the filmmakers there pick the same people mm. to be in the movies. And typically, stereotypically, is light skin, thick, nice body, the same type, like typecasting the same people in movies. And I was blessed to be able to uh, get opportunities for myself, but I've never seen anybody that looks like me, you know, be a lead character in one of those films or TV shows. Mm. Um, So I was speaking on that as well. But um, the reason I say both is because it can be a little intimidating where you know that you have um, talent in that field uh, or whatever field it is, but it can be a little bit intimidating because you know that you gave it your all and you did the best that you can do. And they still pick somebody that may have, that may not have as good of a talent as you, but they're only picked because of their looks. But I also say that I, I am, I am an intimidator as well, because like you said, when I walk in a room, I feel like I'm the sugar, honey, ice. Yeah, can't nobody touch in the room. Um, and that's just built like, me basically building my confidence over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend of the family tell me that um, when you get older, they all going to be on you. She was like, don't feel like, don't feel like this forever. She was like, you, you may not feel like they like you now, but once you get older, they're going to be all over you. And I did not know what she meant then, but once I got to high school, that's when it clicked. And then once I got to college, it clicked, click, click, click. And it was like, now that I'm, you know, I'm still in college and I'm older now. It's like, dang, like they, they won't get off of me. So, Y'all is so yeah, crazy. It's, the reason why I got like that, because I remember I was, in, I was seven years old and I was walking home and a woman, I don't know who she was. She said, you're going to be a very good looking young man. When you, 
Keep in mind, I'm going through all this picking on my picking on my complexion. And she told me that, and I really feel like she was an angel. I don't know who that woman was, don't know who she is, and but she just, she spoke that into me. My mother always said it to me, but that's your job. But when she told that to me, you know, it was like okay. And I, like I said, I didn't um, figure it out till I was in college. Remember, you got anything else? Mm-mm. I want to chime, chime in. in. Go ahead and chime in on the Black Coffee Podcast. Um, speaking back, um, thinking about as you spoke on being chosen for certain roles, me being from Mississippi, it's like most cases they consider, you know, if you wasn't that red bone mm. or the lighter skin tone, I would go to castings for some of the fashion shows that they would have. So I was the one then walking into the room full of other women that were lighter than me. So I'm thinking, I'm nervous. I just want to walk out. I don't want to do this. And in most cases, no, I was not picked. And as you stated, it was always the same people, same skin tones. So I was like, okay. So then um, when I used to be at church, I didn't really know how to feel about this because my former uh, pastor's wife, my sister, she's lighter than me. All the boys used to like my sister. Mm. She was lighter. But then me, I'm like, everybody say we look alike. Mm. But then again, everybody likes my sister. So it made me feel like I wasn't desirable because of my skin tone. I'm the black girl. I had like very oily skin, so it's always shiny, you know, little black girl, little black girl, blacky, darky, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But now I'm like black of the berry, sweet of the juice. I'm That's how I feel now. The confidence. Sweet juice. So my uh, pastor's wife, she would always want me to come sit with her in church because she said I looked like a little doll, you know, the in the box or whatever, look collectible. And she was mm-hmm. like, I want that little black one. And I was like, she. Me, I'm thinking, why is she picking on me? She was like, that light-skinned one, she's going to always come to me. But that little black one, she just won't come because she would be in the front of the church. She'll turn around and she'll just tell me to come here. And I just look the other way like, <laughs> you will not get me today. But just as you said as well, Chantel, I, I feel like I'm the stuff now. It's like, I'm trying to tell you. can't get them off me. Absolutely. Can't get them off me. So I got to say, dumped off a little bit, you know? <laughs> speaking of that, that was part of the reason too, like to even make, this the cover of the book because my my goal and my point was to show all these different shades and you can't look at this and say who looks better than the other to me everybody is so gorgeous on the cover of this and so it's I want it sitting out so people can start re- rewiring their mind. It may be, I don't know if it's going to happen but this is a start because to me if a little child see this they can't say oh she looked better or no she looked better. Everybody looks amazing. So that was part of the goal with this book as well and putting all the different shades on the cover. And it, it, it looked good because uh, we talked that morning and soon she sent me that picture. How long? Did, it took me about five minutes. I jot that thing on that fly so I said, oh, dear, these, these women are beautiful. Shoot, they're coming on the Black Coffee Podcast. All right, but coming up, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the project of the making of the coffee book. That and more coming up on the Black Coffee Podcast and I am your host, James Allen. James Allen, James Allen. Welcome back, welcome back to the Black Coffee Podcast Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host James Allen. James Allen. All right, now yeah. we're going to get into the making of the project. So I just want to throw this out to any one of the models. How was it working with Marie Antoinette? And look, <laughs> let me tell you something. 
me and her already done talked about this question. Me and Marie talk all the time. Okay, so we already talked about this question. I said, look, Marie. But the reason why I'm saying that is be honest. Be honest. You know, just be honest, okay? So cool to tell you, he can't stand me. Every time we do an episode, I get on his nerves. When I meet my podcast, it's coming, J.A., man. You know what I mean? That's just the nature of what we do. So be honest. How was it like working with Marie Antoinette? Amazing. Okay, all right. I was about to say, don't all go at once. (laughs) (laughs) Completely original. No, it was amazing. First and foremost, Marie always going to keep you fat. We we love a catered event. We love a catered casting. We love a catered everything. So professional. Hold on, professional ain't got to do with food, though, but... same thing. No, but it's, yeah, she's mad professional. Like, so professional. Like, you know, from the start to the finish when things are going to happen, she keeps in contact with you. She is like there for you. You can call her, talk to her about what you're thinking about. I reset my yeah. story a couple times. And like, she's very like present the entire time. Like, it's very easy to get in touch with her, too. So, I very love organized, too. Yes. Like, everything is like this, 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 and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. And I like it because I'm a very particular person, too, and I hate when it's chaos going mm-hmm. on. But the, the whole shoot was very organized, and everything was. It was awesome sauce. Li- li- like I said, it was a, li- a little chaos would have brought some, some drama to this podcast. But go ahead. From, you know, when she started all the way up to now and like I was the first model at the casting. So as soon as I showed up, you know, she was just like, oh, you're on time. I love my models on time. She's just very happy and energized. And I love that type of um, energy from a person when I walk in because to me, that's professionalism. That lets me know like, you know, you're welcoming people. And so once you start there, that's your that's my first impression of you. And then from there, you know, the, the shoot, the um, communication, everything is the rest. So that lets me know along the way. Well, she's professional, professional from the time I met her all the way up to now. So mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah, I met her. She communicates. Yeah, she com- definitely and communicate. she did not only require us to communicate with her, she always communicated mm-hmm. with us. And that's just something I love because most people, you know. She'll do a group text in a second. Oh, yeah. yeah, what? Oh, what you say? Oh, I bought a group text. You and so cool. Oh. Yeah, but you know, let me tell you why. Because I forget stuff. So if somebody tell me right then. Oh, let me handle this right now, cause y'all ain't finna put this on me later. So let me. Everybody need to know where everybody doing. You say you right love now. her bluntness. Oh yes, I'm a Leo. Me too. Yeah, I do what's up. You know, straightforwardness for me is all I need. It's the can you do as I say, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> Thank you. It's giving. I need this done, and I'm good with it. So we, me and Marie. Yeah, great. She'll tell me the heartbeat. Hey, can you? Not a problem. It's X, Y, and Z. Let's go. Let's just tell me exactly what you want. Don't even have to sugarcoat it. And I love I it. Know, I never it. forget the day I met her. She had that red thing on. She flat. You do me here. I got it. Come here, boy. And man, we've been we've been making some some good projects ever since. All right. So I need some of y'all to flex y'all muscles a little bit. What do you feel you brought to the project? What was your greatest attribute? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm going to you first. Yep. Yeah. I, I, told, I told you I do this. No, I saw you. Yeah, but you gonna make go ahead, girl. You can make you gotta talk on the black podcast. Okay, uh, I think one of mine's would be because when it comes to hair, even though that wasn't Come when it, it comes to hair, when it comes to hair, I always gotten oh again, oh you got that white people hair, oh you got that, you know, you don't understand that or. I always got questioned what's my ethnicity because of my hair. They would straight look at it. Depending on what hairstyle I would rock, I would get a different approach by a different type of dude. Even um, so, I felt like that I brought. But that gives me my hair, my afro, gives me my, that makes me feel, make me proud of my blackness. Yeah. And it, it will give, give me that power. I feel like my crown is one of mm. my most important 
I always held, held it high. I always take care of it. And I've always taken pride in it. And no, nobody can mm. take it from me. But they try to tell, you know, because they, they all, oh, you should strain it out. Oh, you should, oh, you should. Or is it real? Or is it, is yours real? Why do you, why does it, yeah. why does it? Is yours real? Is I like, like that. <laughs> like, it, uh, is my answer going to change anything about me? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why does it matter? And it's it's not coming from, it usually don't come from a genuine spot. It comes from, oh, I just want to be nosy. I want to know if a bad black girl hair is real because black girl hair isn't usually real or whatever stereotype they got in their head. I love to prove a wrong. I love to say yes, proud with my head high. Yes, it is. What? What's next? Gotcha. You know, like, so, Anybody yeah, else? Anybody like, else? Okay. Curves. Hips. Curves. <laughs> hips. All right. I, and she mentioned that. She's like, I had a, I have a body piece. And um, she mentioned that when I walked in and she saw I had hips, she was like, okay, I, I think this will work. And it did. And it did. Okay, so, I, yeah. I, I, I want to stay in my lane here on the Black Coffee <laughs> Podcast. Uh, I want to keep it professional. But uh, yeah, but anyways, um, yeah. Anybody else? What did you bring? No, everybody going to get that question. What did you bring to the project? Um, for me, I think I was able to represent the lighter side of the black community mm-hmm. and not, you know, everyone is just like, oh, you half black or you mixed or you this. I enjoy being able to be like, you know, a lighter skinned woman with colored eyes and, you know, just if I seen melatonin somewhere else and it was somebody else's project, they would have been like, no, nah, we want a darker skin, complexed woman. So I really appreciate the chief. Just like, no, you're a black woman too. It doesn't matter how light you are. So to me, it's like I represented um, that just because I'm lighter than you guys doesn't mean that I'm less black. And that was my biggest thing because that's more a symbolism to yeah, me. Yeah, people get so offended when I say that too. <laughs> they do. They be like, I'm like, I be like, you, 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 you're not, you're not light skin. I mean, I like you light skin. They're like, no, I'm brown. Like I'm, I'm, Car- I'm, I'm Carmel. Like they don't want to be light. They just don't want to be. But anyways, what did you bring to the project? Um, I think I brought that brown skin girl magic. Okay, I just- girl. <laughs> I struggled for a while trying to see where I fit in the world when the spectrum of being brown or black and being able to see it for, let's go back to the casting, being able to see so many different hues of brown definitely empowered me to just embrace my complexion. Like I don't have to be on either spectrum. I could just be who I am. And just being able to be a proud black woman stepping into a room knowing that my skin color has nothing to do with my skill or my talent or the knowledge that I embody and bringing that to the project with a good attitude and working with people with a great energy is just kind of brought in that woman empowerment on that melanin scale. I love it. So. I love it. What you brought to the project? Oh, oh I'm sorry. What I brought to the project. <laughs> oh, you going last, man. <laughs> you, going, you go last. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm like, hold on, I got, I got a special spot for you. I mean, to be honest, I can say what I brought to the table, but maybe not even in this podcast. Maybe later, I would love for Marie to tell me what I brought to this project. Okay. I would love to hear it, but I feel like my um, persistence. Okay. I am consistent, persistent, and hardworking. You tell me anything, it's going to get done. You tell me anything in a heartbeat, I will figure a way out to figure it out and fix it. Like, I feel like with this project, there was nothing any of the girls couldn't ask me for, like makeup or lashes or pair of extra underwear. I don't care. Like I always have just stuff. So I just feel like, you know, my perseverance just brought it to I love your energy. Yeah. And we said at the same time, right? Yeah. You were saying energy. I was saying personality. personality. I feel like I've known her for a long time. Like I really do. I like, yeah. For, anyways, what'd you put to the project? Ooh, okay. Well, I think I try to bring, you know, I tried to bring like energy and um, I don't know, just like a fun personality. Mm-hmm. Like I just try to like to have fun, go out there, smile, you know. Being, say the music. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely always trying to like just dance and have fun, keep it positive. Just because for me, even when I model, like to this day, just being someone who is, you know, shorter, sometimes I don't even feel like mm, those opportunities for, right. should be for me. And like, you know, when I do get those opportunities, I really try to take a lot of pride in them and, you know, just showing up and just trying to make it fun, you know, and bringing that my personality like through my pictures. And um, also just being, I guess, just having my face I there so it. I could wear this beautiful jewelry. I'm trying to tell you, and, you, and, you it know, looks beautiful. Be the views. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I brought the vibes. Ooh, hey, I'm big on vibes. Hey. Sometimes I would like go duck off in my car and then come back and then go duck off in the car again and then come back. <laughs> but, but look, it was really just because I'd be having to like mellow out real quick and then come back and then, you know, my social battery runs out sometimes. But then once I go and sit for a minute by myself and then come back in, I'm, I'm down with the party. Um, and then obviously I brought face, you know, it, Everybody was giving face, of course, obviously. But, you know, I just, you know, I brought it. I had a good time. It was fun. Absolutely. And last, but certainly not least, <laughs> the woman who created this project, creative director, Marie Antoinette. What did you bring to this project? What did you bring? Everything, ma'am, you have the floor. Okay. I think that I brought the vulnerability part that I, I wanted also in the book. Because sometimes I feel like, to even talk about things you may have been insecure about or anything that's like a sign of weakness. And so even stuff that I talked about in the book, I've never talked about. I've never, I've never shared those experiences or exactly how I felt at the time. So I felt like I brought that vulnerability and the softness because I have felt too in the past that the darker your skin is, the more masculine you are. And so that you're not as soft because you're darker and you're not as soft as lighter, lighter women. So that was another thing I want. Well, I feel like we all did that, but I wanted to make sure that you, in, in my part of it, that I showed softness and vulnerability. That part. Well, that, that part. <laughs> well, well, ladies and gentlemen, well, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you and I world, we can really let these ladies go about their day. Is there anything that anybody want to say to... Don't say it. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Okay, Thad, thank you. Anybody? I definitely want to say this was a great experience. This is my first time doing something like this, and I would definitely love to be on all the podcasts. Hey, what are the Black Oak podcasts? Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, James Allen. Go ahead. Anybody else? I got one more yes, thing. Yes, ma'am. Because uh, I wanted to say something about what you said uh, with the vulnerability thing and, you know, being picked on or whatever. Because I remember when I walked to the casting, and you was like, this project is just going to be about... Um, it's a documentary, but you didn't explain what it was. And so when I was on, you said you're on a pose or whatever. And when you was like, I got a question. Have you ever been, um, what was it? Discriminated against or something like that? It was, it was, it was something about, it was a colorism question. And so I remember I was like, did she just pinpoint me? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I walked in in there and, um, you know, her, her flyer was like all women of color. I think it said the darker, the better on there too. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to get picked because I'm very light. And so I remember I walked in there and she was like, do your pose and everything was great. And, um, when she asked me that, I'm like, Oh my God, this woman just, she like legit just pinpointed me. Like, why was she, you know, and I thought that I was under the impression like, okay, she doesn't want to like skin girl or maybe like, I thought, you know, that she was trying to say, 
um, like she probably thinks that I don't get any racism because of that. And I think that's a misconception because everybody doesn't like the light skinned girl, you know? And so, um, I like them all. once I got picked, I was like, Oh, she did want me. And so, and I was like, and once I learned more about the project, I'm like, see, this is something I would love to be a part of because I get to also talk about that. It's not, um, a skin color thing when it comes to racism and me being really light doesn't um, excuse me from that, you know, and the stereotype that where you can never have racism. Like my family used to call me white girls and make fun of me and stuff. They, oh, this is the white side of the family, you know? So I got that from family. I got that from friends, you know, from people I don't know. I still get it till today. So I'm very, you know, proud to be able to tell my story, whether somebody believes me or not, whether somebody agrees with it. You know, we all have our own testimony and our stories to our skin color as black women. So... With that being said, I have enjoyed y'all so much. Marie, tell everybody where they can buy the book at. Oh, yeah. That's the most right, important so part. Yeah. All right. So you can get this book on my website at marieantoinette929, or you can go straight to www.melanin929.com. Let me go and get this out of the way so y'all really can see. And or you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram and purchase it. It's right now. It's still currently available for pre-order. And yeah, go get it and put it on your coffee table. And be on the lookout. I'm going to do a documentary around this with these women. These are just some of the models. The other women couldn't make it. So um, stay tuned for that. And a melanin candle collection. Mm, for your coffee hey, table. Hey. Different color waxes, that's brown, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell all of y'all, all of y'all are beautiful in your own special way. I am single, by the way. Because, um, but oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, so cool. I'm gonna keep professional, I'm sorry. But now I'm just playing. But uh, yes, ladies, I hope I see y'all. I see y'all around the town. I do media, so I've seen a couple of y'all. Hopefully I see y'all in a couple more projects. And um, this was really a great um, experience. And I just want to thank y'all for coming to the Black Coffee Podcast. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is all for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Till next time, I am your host. James, 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 James. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Black Hi, Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah. Black Coffee Podcast. Ah. Ooh, ooh, that's so cool. Ooh, ooh, that's so cool. So cool, you did this for me. Yeah. Black Coffee. Black Coffee. Huh. Uh, power to the people Here we beat my fist Twice the ball of what they call him James Allen, Mr. No Assist Elevate the masses Step in my objective No, no quit Through the pot, let's take a sip They taking shots, we taking trips Pilot vision, you and I ain't mission Just to be specific Got enough soul to not fly spirit Got enough soul to keep y'all lifted Follow my role and keep it spiritual This be the ritual Black my coffee, hold the cream I check one, two, eight, here we go This is that windows down low Turn me up just as long as it's black coffee, yeah This is that windows down low Turn me up It don't matter what we talking Just as long as it's black coffee, uh This be that black coffee podcast Black coffee podcast Black coffee Hey, hold the cream This be that black coffee podcast Black coffee podcast Black coffee Hey, hold the cream Yeah You and I, a world Welcome to the Black Coffee Podcast I am your host James Allen. James Allen. The Black Coffee Podcast. Your safe haven for education and spiritual liberation. Hashtag powers to the people. And long, and long live the ancestors. Live the ancestors.